Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is an episode coming to you out of season seven. Um, we're traveling around Australia this season and I'm starting off the season talking to the top five ABA and KCBS teams. Tonight, my guest is Dan Barrett from Big Smoke Barbecue. You've no doubt heard of this guy before. He was the ABA 2017 Team of the Year. And in this episode, we're going to find out where he's come from, where he's going, and we're going to find out everything we need to know about working with pellet grills, which is going to be really cool and quite topical. Now, he's also had a big year this year. He's finished very, very high in the KCBS ladder. And we're going to find out what work went into getting there. And we're going to pick up a few of the uh, different little tips and tricks that he does along the way. So without further ado, let's talk to Dan Barrett. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Hey, Dan, welcome to the confessional, mate. How you doing? I'm very well, thanks, mate. Yourself? Mate, I am hot and sweaty. I've just got back from the uh, jiu-jitsu gym and um, at, nice. at, at 40 years old, still trying to do jiu-jitsu, I'm feeling it. Mate, you're doing better than me. There's no way you could get me doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, obviously it was a lot easier when I was younger, but now that I'm 40 trying to fight guys that are 20, it's uh, it, it's pretty rough. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, you're still looking pretty fit for 40. Um, there's not many people in the barbecue scene the age of 40 is looking as good as you. So, Oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, congratulations on, on 2019. You've you really killed it in the, uh, in the KCBS ladder this year, didn't you? Thank you very much. Yeah, it was uh, it was unexpected. Um, I didn't really plan on doing much KCBS last year, but um, just happened to pick up a few towards the end of the year and picked up a couple of GCs and was lucky enough to creep up the the ladder and finish in fourth place overall. So it was a good it was a good way to end the year. Absolutely, yeah. So so how many um, competitions did you actually get to in twenty nineteen? KCBS, I think just the three. Just three in the KCBS, and um, yeah, so we did we did well. We got two out of the three, um, and we got our first one for KCBS next weekend. So, so you just did three, and you and you managed to finish fourth. Ah, uh, yes, correct. That's I think so. awesome. Without yeah, without opening up a calendar and looking back, I'm pretty sure off the top of my head it was three. So, what were those three? Um, there was turf wars which was in Cranbourne. Um, there was one over in Perth in Western Australia. And there was also one over in California. Um, uh, that was the Big Poppers Invitational comp thing they had over there in February. So I made the trek over there and did that one and had pretty good results over there too. So That's that really cool. So yeah. the, um, the, yeah. the points that you got in California, did they count towards the Australian ladder? It does, yeah. I'm not sure exactly how the point system works, but yeah, the ones that we do over there for KCBS does go towards over here. That's really interesting. It is. It's really cool. So what was it like competing in, in California? Uh, it was amazing. It was really good. Um, it was 
it was at the base of mountains. Um, so it, it was really cold when we were over there. So there was a lot of snow on top of the mountaintop. So I remember coming out of the caravan in the morning to start my cooking for the comp and just looking up and just seeing this snow surrounding you and these mountaintops, you know, it was, um, it was something special. Um, but, you know, a lot of good teams over there as well. I think there was about 50 teams uh, we went up against. So, um, you know, it was really cool. Met some really cool people, um, people that I still stay in touch with and talk to today. So, yeah, that wasn't, really good. Um, that wasn't the uh, the Brown Bear competition by any chance, was it? No, no. It was the um, Guinea. Uh, it was uh, done by Big Poppers down at his um, warehouse there in California. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's let's backtrack for a little bit. Fill me in yep. on the on the Dan Barrett barbecue story. The story where where it all started. Well, where did it start? It started in 2015. Um, I was sitting there bored one day watching American Pitmasters, and um, I thought because I've always been a big meat eater. Anyone who knows me you know that I don't eat vegetables or anything green. So. Um, yeah, I saw it on TV and I thought, you know what, I'd love to give that a crack. So I went out that first weekend and brought my first smoker. It was a it was a Pro Cube bullet smoker. Oh, me too. And um, well, was it really? Yeah. <laughs> I was super excited. I got home and I, I chucked on a pork shoulder. Um, probably about nine o'clock at night, and I sat up all night and just <laughs> nursed it. I just filled my whole backyard up with smoke, and I thought, yeah, good this. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And, um, yeah, it was probably the worst thing I've eaten, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> so it went from there to sort of, you know, I once I caught the bug, I couldn't stop. You know, I was just, every opportunity I had, I was reading books or cookbooks. I was doing research on the internet. I was I was eager to try stuff, you know. When I was at work on the tools, all I could think about was what I could get home and cook and how I could make it, make it change. Um and then, yeah, so I've done some experimenting, just started doing my own rubs, you know, constantly changing them um, and just sort of escalated from there. And then um, once I found out you could actually do competitions over here, then, I, yeah, I signed up and joined up with a couple of mates back then at the time. And we started a team called um, Notorious PIG, which was um, – that was our first team we had. That's a great Creek name. Start, it was. It was a cool name. It's kind of spewing. It's not, you know, not around anymore. I quite like that one. Um, that was back in 2015, Creekside was our, was our first one and just sort of um, escalated from there, really. And uh, then from there, started catering. Um, so I was catering with a guy named Scott. Um, we did that for a couple of years. Um, but, yeah, still being on the tools and then doing catering on the weekend as well as competition barbecuing and both of us having young families that kind of just become too much. So decided to pull the pin and uh, just concentrate on on the competition barbecuing. Um, it was starting to kill it for me, if I'm being honest. It was becoming too much and I was starting to lose the passion. So I thought to get the passion back, it was time to give up the catering and just concentrate on cooking for friends and um, and doing the competition stuff. So I stuck with that. And, uh, yeah, fast forward a few years and here I am, still chipping away at it and still, still got that flame. Still, you know, I still get home and cook most nights during the week, whether it's, Practicing competition barbecuing, or just, or just cooking, you know, just my my um, daily meals on my barbecues or whatever. Um, I still fire it up, sort of four or five times a week, and uh, yeah, here I am. Love it. That's fantastic. So, 
I guess that then brings us up to to uh, to twenty nineteen. And as you said, you've you've done your three KCBS comps there. You did really well. Um, I saw you at a, at a bunch of uh, ABA comps as well. Townsville was one of them. Um, you actually yeah, FIFO'd that comp, didn't you? Yeah, I did, I did flying fly out for that one. That was probably one of the best comps I've done. Um, not so much in the terms of results, but just the location. Um, I remember waking up. It was on the beach there, and I remember seeing that sun come up in the morning on the beach, and it just looked like a postcard. And I thought, this is you know, this is unbelievable. How did I get so lucky to be sitting here on the beach in Townsville cooking barbecue? Yeah, it was yeah. it was a sensational spot. It's the only place that I've been to for a barbecue competition that sort of rivaled um, Burley. Yeah, Burley's just the same, you know. It's a shame that one won't be going ahead this year. Um, I've been up there for the last couple of years and that's the same. It's just on the beach. And being from Melbourne where it's always cold, you know, it's nice to wake up at, you know, 3, 4, 5 in the morning to start cooking and you can walk out in shorts and a T-shirt and still be warm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I talked to the folks from uh, from Sydney and Melbourne and they're like, wait, there's people in there, like swimmers going to the beach in August, which is, of, of yeah. course, is, is, is winter. And I'm like... Yeah. And? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. You definitely don't say that down here. No, no, never, never. So um, how's all those successes set you up for 2020? Um, Jeez, oh, I don't know. Confidence, I guess. Belief in yourself that you can actually do it. Because, um, you know, when, you, when you're first starting off and you're getting, you're, you're getting destroyed every competition, you sort of start to question what you're doing and, Am I ever going to be good enough to compete with the best in the country? And then, you know, you start to get the odd call up here and there and you start to believe. And then once you, you know, and then if you're lucky enough to pick up an RGC or, or a GC, then you then you believe you can do anything. And um, you start going into every competition with a bit of confidence going, you know what, with a little bit of luck on my side, I can walk away with this. So, um, you know, that's where I think it finds it. It helps me. Most of the times now going into competitions, having that belief that, you know, anything can happen. So confidence begets confidence. That's exactly right, mate. That's exactly right. Mate, I love that. that. That's beautiful. And so you've got um, quite a quite a few different uh, irons in the fire right now, haven't you? Yeah, I've got my hands in a lot of pies. Um, there's a lot going on. The off-season um, couldn't have come at a better time really because um, – Obviously, I've got the Four Monkeys Barbecue Rubs um, out now and I've just released the beef one. That's, that's been a lot of time time in the works and um, Hark's picked up the uh, dis, dis, distribution. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, that was a hard one to get out. Um, for Australia. So, um, you know, I've been busy getting that up and going and then obviously um, I've done a bit of a collab with Bluebird up north in um, done some – they uh, done some – beef jerky with me and then I've also collabed with a local brewer and done a um a four monkeys parallel. So oh, yeah, wow. it's been it's been pretty hectic the last couple of months. Um it was good to it was good to have some time off from cooking. But as I said, next weekend as as of next weekend it's gonna be full on. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hit the ground. Yeah. So with that um oh sorry, first of all, congratulations on on getting that national distributorship through through Hark. Hark are big players here in Australia. So that's that's a hell of an achievement. So well done on that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Can you give us a bit of a, a a bit of a rundown on on what went into birthing that beef rub? Um 
it was just, as I said, just constantly, constantly making rubs and then tweaking it and then changing it. And I found myself like I would make one that I thought, you know what, it's pretty good. I'm going to sit on this for a while. And then I'd slowly tweak it, slowly tweak it, slowly tweak it. And then I'd get to the day where I'm like, you know what, let's start again. And I started again <laughs> so many times and started again so many times. Um, I guess I'm my own, my, my own worst critics. Um, I'm just, I just pick apart at everything I do and I'm like, I'm always trying to find a fault because, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just where I am, I guess. But, um, yeah, so, so it's been in the works for a while now and, um, you know, I started to give away some samples to some friends and started getting some really good feedback. So I thought, you know, finally I'm onto something here and so I just sort of rolled that one out and, um, so far, yeah, it's been amazing. I've had some really good feedback. So, so I'm stoked with how it's, how it's come out. Yeah. Very cool. So do you go through a co-packer to Hark or does Hark work as a co-packer themselves? No, no, I have a co-packer. I have someone that makes it all for me and then, then gets sent off to a co-packer, which packs it all up, puts the labels on it and puts them in the boxes and then they send it out to Hark. So oh, finally, I can, perfect. finally it's out on my hands, you know, I don't have to, don't have to bag it up anymore at home and sit on the couch putting labels on jars and, <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. So yeah. Your Netflix it's, account's going to miss you, mate. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so what are the other rubs that you got in that range? So I've got the four now. I've got the beef, chicken, lamb and pork. Um, so the four main cuts. I've played around with a few other ones. I'm just going to put them on the on the back burner for now. Um, I've also, just uh, going back to what we said before about the beer and the jerky, I've also just done a bit of a collab with Josh from uh, Cold Blood Thriller and just done a, a hot sauce as well. So that's, I've done a limited edition hot sauce. So that's out in the market at the moment as well. So, um, so with all those other things happening, I thought, you know what, I'd just, just take it easy for a bit. So don't get too ahead of myself. And um, I'll put those up, put those other ones on the shelf and maybe revisit them during the year. Yeah. Give yourself a bit of a rest so you can uh, store up your energy <laughs> again and then, and then have another run at it. And concentrate on competitions for a while. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think you've got some uh, some pretty big news about which competitions you're going to in 2020, haven't you? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I'm heading overseas uh, three times um, this year. Um, so I'm heading over to the first ones at the Houston Rodeo Livestock World Championships. That's in February. I'm heading over there. And I've got um, Sterling Smith coming over from Arizona, from Luton Booty. He's going to meet up with me out in Phoenix, and we're going to hook up there and have a, have a bit of a cook together. Um, so that's always fun. We recently um, cooked together early last year um, as Team GMG Australia, so we had a bit of fun doing that. So once he found out I was heading over there by myself, you know, he put his hand up and said, you know, do you, do you need a hand? I can come out and give you a bit of a chop out. So I jumped at the opportunity. So that, that'd be good. And then, um, going back over to the American Royal world championships in September, um, for the third year in a row now. So that'd be, and that'd be a good one. And, um, also with that comp in WA that, that I happened to get a GC at part of the prize was, uh, invitation to the, uh, the, the, brother competition in Norco, California. So I'll be heading over that one in the end of May as well. Mate, congratulations. That is some big news. Thank you very much. What's that? That's that's three overseas trips and you're you're hitting three of the biggest ones on the on the scene there. 
Yeah, I know. I got rocks in my head. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a sucker for it. Um, it, it. I mean, you've obviously been over there yourself, um, so you know what it's like. It can get pretty addictive, and it's just a totally different atmosphere over there. You know, man. Um, and you get to go over there and meet new people, and again, elevating your game. They're obviously so good at what they do over there. So meeting all these people and they're so helpful with all the information. They just fill you with information. So you always, every time I come back from there, I feel like I've not only had a good time, but also taken my barbecue just up that tiny bit more each time. So that's also why I do it. You know, if if I'm going to get further in this game, then this is, this is the stuff I have to do, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I can promise you, you're going to have an absolute ball over at Houston. I went there in 2018 over there to compete and uh, it was just insane. Like we, we can't even imagine the the scale of the of the overall event here <laughs> in crazy, Australia. Isn't it? Oh, it, it, it was madness. Insane. It was madness. Um, I am, yeah, everyone's been messaging me um, from over there who I've sort of stayed in contact with. Obviously, as I said, I've done the American Royal a couple of times now, which to me is a huge, a huge event. But they're like, mate, you, you know, you just, you just wait till you go to Houston. It's just going to blow the American Royal out of the water. Yeah, the actual, um, um, so. the, the actual competition side of things is bigger at the Royal, but I think that the overall event is larger at Houston because it's attached to a, um, like a district-wide rodeo as well so yeah, yeah the uh the thursday night was the quiet night when i was there there was only i think it was twenty five thousand people on site or something like that and then uh that only, was, only yeah, twenty five thousand. yeah that was thursday and then friday was uh it was up around seventy thousand, and then saturday was one hundred and twenty five thousand. i was trying to uh i'm actually scared <laughs> well mate because I, I know what i'm like when the, when the uh, party rolls around so I'm actually scared I might go there and actually miss the whole competition. Well, they do actually send you out this form and you do have to uh, pre-order all, all all your alcohol and they will come and deliver it to your site. And so we we pre-ordered what we thought we were going to need to drink and then we ordered, you know, an extra two cartons because we knew we were going to party more over the four days. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and then just periodically throughout the weekend, someone had turned up with a, with a uh, two 36-can boxes and just drop them in our site. <laughs> and I'd say, um, they're not ours. We didn't order them. And they're like, it doesn't matter. Cause it's all, oh, mate. because it's a charity event. Yeah. It's all, it's all corporate sponsorship. So we had yeah, like, okay. like all the, all the beer sponsors get on board and they just fill everybody up with beer. And, um, someone, someone fixed us up with a pair of snake river farm briskets and someone else got us, I forget which, which brand it was, but we got like another four racks of pork ribs and like, it, it, it was just insane. Amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait. I wish I could go there every year. Yeah, well, there's actually a, a competition to see which barbecue team can put on the best party. <laughs> Sounds like smoke face grillers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you, you're going to see these huge marquees that are about 20 metres, <clears throat> probably about 15 metres wide and about 25, 35 metres long. And they're going to be set up inside with uh, dining tables and a DJ or a live band and a dance floor and a full service bar mm. and and then multiply that by about 250 teams. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're looking at. Yeah. And, and because you're going to be an international competitor, you get the multi-pass and so you pretty much get to go anywhere you want to. <laughs> Mate, do you want to come over with me? 
I would love to. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you can you can come over and join the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd I'd love to. I've already got my uh, my leave in for my trip in April though. Oh, what are you heading over there for? Um, I'm heading over to the NBBQA conference. Oh, excellent! Yeah, that's, so uh, that's uh, exciting. It is. It is. Um, so I'm I'm doing a week over there with that. Um, they've actually invited me to be a presenter over there. So I'm uh, I'm prepared a oh, presentation wow. on um, building brands using social media. So it's going to be a strategic approach to brand building through um, through concentrated digital media management. So uh, wow, yeah, well, yeah. Can, can congratulations, man. That's big news. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So uh, doing that and then spending another three weeks road tripping around with the family on. Uh, on a project that my wife's working on that she hasn't announced yet. So I can't, I can't tell anybody oh, what that okay. is, but can um, you tell me, can you tell me what parts you're going to hit? Yeah. So we're going to be, um, we're going to be going into Louisville first cause that's where the conference is. And then mm-hmm. dropping down into Little Rock, Arkansas, where I'm planning on cornering um, PK grills and having an interview with them. And then mm-hmm. straight shot across to uh, Wichita um, to go speak to Yoda going to line yep. up Yoda and have a have a chat with them. And then we're heading up into the mountains. So we're going up into Wyoming and then down into Colorado, down into New Mexico. And Amazing. we're going to be, um, we're going to be traveling around the, uh, around the high country. It sounds excellent, buddy. I'm quite jealous. The only part that's got me worried is that, is that I'm going to have to learn how to drive on snow very quickly. Oh, well, yeah, you wouldn't be used to driving on snowy roads, would you, being up there? Not at all, mate. I can't even walk on snow. Yeah, well, just don't put your foot down when you're going around corners, whatever you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm going to have to rent a four-wheel drive and I've been looking at the yeah. uh, at the rental agencies and it looks like the only sort of genuine four-wheel, like, and, and I'm using inverted commas here, you can't see it, but genuine four-wheel drive is a, um, oh, that big, the, the giant Chevys. Um, Mm-hmm. They're like the, the the huge nine seater Chevy SUV. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, there's only three of us, but that's the only thing they've got that's got four wheel drive. So and that and that'll that'll have some power behind it too. So as I said, be careful going around those corners with that power. Oh yeah, absolutely, definitely. Mm. And so I'm sure you'd be right. Oh, I, I, my, my wife's American, so if I get nervous, I'll just show her the keys. Of course, she used to. Yeah. You'll be right. So that's Houston and uh, Norco is in California and the Royal. So how, how did you get to the Royal? You, you obviously won an entry? Yeah, so I won an entry. Um, it was through winning, well, uh, both of those GCs, those KCBS GCs that I won at the end of the year. They both qualified. So um, it's always good to get back over there. I'm trying to get consecutive years every year. So this is, this will be the third in my aim is to at least go five consecutive years. Well, mate, you're already on the hat trick. So that's already a, a hell of a win. Already on the hat trick. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm looking forward to that. That's always a, a great event too. And um, because it's the same spots every year as well, like everyone goes back to the same spots, um, you know, you sort of go back there and you, you, because you've already made friends with everyone in your area, you know, you go back there and, it's, you know, you don't have to start again. You know, it's everyone's excited to see you. Everyone remembers you from last year because you're Australian and whatnot. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a really good time. I thought you were going to say it's a double-edged sword. 
Everyone remembers you because you're Australian. <laughs> It definitely is a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah, but no, it is a it is a lot of fun if I, if you know if you get the opportunity to ever hit that one up as well. Um, I, I strongly suggest you do it. So, in the case where you win two grand champions <laughs> and you get two invites to the royal, they does does someone else get that second invite? Like, do they defer to to like the RGC, or do you get an invite for this year and the year after? It's definitely not this year and the year after. It only falls in that in that one year. But I'm not sure if you've already won one like the SCA with the stakes. It goes to the second place. I'm not sure with that one. I, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And so what do you know already about Norco? Is it like what time of year is it going to be? Is it going to be hotter, colder? It's the end of May, um, start of June. Um, I think there's about 60 teams by memory. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's in, it's indoors, which is a bit surprising. Um, a few people have tried to explain it to me and they're like, you'll, you'll, you'll understand when you get there, but it's, it's all inside. Um, I've heard it's really dusty. Um, that's all I really know about it. They've, uh, reached out and had contact with me and they've been really helpful with getting gear and meats and stuff. So they've just taken care of everything really. Um, all the flights were paid for entry fees um you know everyone's been been really good um i may have a special friend or a special guest coming from australia with me over to give me a hand Ooh, is it me um, it could be you, you play, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i won't say who, the, who that is yet um i guess people will find out later on in the year oh well always leave the people wanting more always get the people wanting more mate that's right you're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd, Ben Arnott. So, Dan, all this travelling around the world, it's got to be uh, kind of difficult to coordinate, but from what I understand, you've struck up a bit of a relationship with an international brand that's no doubt going to be uh, certainly helping you along the way. Can you tell us a bit about what's happening there? Uh, with GMG? Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, obviously Hark, I've got a close relationship with them and they are the importers of DMG. So they've jumped on board as one of my major sponsors. Um, so I've been using them for a couple of years now. Um, so yeah, all my sponsors sort of help out with the traveling. Um, like you said, it's it can be it can be hard work. It can be a lot of, it can cost a lot of money and I wouldn't be able to do it without the support of everyone. Um but yeah, you know, I've, I've been using the GMGs for a couple of years now. Absolutely love them. I've had great success with them, um, and I'll continue to use them. You know, I've never had any problems with them, um, which is surprising for for a pellet grill. Everyone's always sort of saying, you know, you'll have problems with them. They'll break down. It'll it'll end up happening at a comp one day. But as I said, two and a half years I've been using them, and I've never had one problem with it. So it's been great. What were you on before you went to the GMG? Um, I was using um, a Manhorn trailer, a reverse flow Manhorn trailer, which it was actually Adam's very first trailer we built um, a few years ago. And when I started catering, we had that had that done, and um, you know it served us well while we're catering. And when we actually won the 2017 championship, we were cooking on that. Um, but yeah, not long after that, we decided to. To pay. It was just too big. It was too heavy to tow. 
around the country. So we decided to downsize. Um, that's when we started getting into the pellet grills and the drums and stuff like that. So now now I'm cooking on the drum and the, and the pellet grill as well. Yeah, I can certainly understand that. I've got a uh, I've got a radar hill, and if I don't have two people helping me, I'll actually like sprain my back trying to move it around the yard. So, yeah, well, I, that can I, be I, one I problem. love it. Don't get me wrong, I love it to death. But it's uh, it's she's a heavy girl. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, even now with the with the um, pellet grills being a one man team, getting those stuff on the back of my car because obviously now I'm towing a caravan around the sites um, so all my barbecues go into the back of my ute and I've got a Ford Ranger so it's pretty high and uh, yeah every comp time when it rolls around trying to load up those barbecues in the back of my ute by myself on rams can be a bit tricky and um, yeah they're nowhere near as heavy as I said the radar hills and the and the manhorns um, they're like one third of the weight so I can imagine what, what you're getting put through yeah so how many how many GMGs do you put on the truck? I, I mean, I I guess it comes down to which which models you use, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm using two. So I'm using a JB and a DB. Um, What's that? The Jim, no real Jim Bowie and a the, and a Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's the medium and the large one. Um, I tossed up because they're all going into the back of my Ute. Tossed up to having the two. Daniel Boone's with the two medium-sized ones. Um, but, yeah, i just like to have the comfort knowing that I can cook as much as I want at comp without having been tied on space. So, yeah, that's why I opted for the for the JB and the DB and the drum. Yeah, I certainly understand that. It's always better to have more than you need than to not have as much exactly. as you want. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, you just said you've got a caravan. Did I hear that right? Yeah, so um, that's the new uh, – I picked up late last year. Um, just, yeah, you know, I've done the whole thing in swags. You know, I'm 35 now. I say I'm starting to get on, but really I'm not, not that old. But I seem to uh, have a bit of a crook hip and a crook back. So when I stay in the swag, I seem to wake up a bit sore. And especially with the with the long driving to and from comps, you know, I'm usually pretty stiff for the whole week afterwards. So I thought something a bit more comfortable um, since I'm not towing the manhorn anymore and all my barbecues can fit in the back of the ute, I thought, why not get a caravan? And, um, you know, I can try and get some sleep at night and watch some TV and I've got the, you know, the fridge in there and the sink and the tables and whatnot. So um, I've only rolled it out for one comp so far, which was uh, the Invitational at the end of last year. And, um, yeah, it's, it's so much better. So I can't wait to, to start <laughs> getting that around the comps. So what did you go for? Did you go for a nice shiny modern one, or did you go for the cooler retro old uh, retro style older nah, ones? Nah, it's just something something I got afford. So it was it's about ten years old, and so it's not super new, but it's definitely not one of those ones from the seventies or eighties. Um, the retro looking ones. So it's just your standard sort of sixteen and a half. I think it is sixteen and a half foot um, single axle. You know, it has a double bed TV, a couch, a table, and a sink and a fridge. And the, and the awning that comes out of the side. So it's nothing flash, but it definitely does a, does a job for me. Sounds bang on to me, mate. Sounds perfect. Yeah, and no, I, no doubt me carting it around to barbecue comps, I'll end up trashing it anyway. So I'd rather trash that one than going out and spend <laughs> 30, 40 grand on something and then, and then trashing that. Yeah, yeah, I can certainly understand that, yeah. So yeah. how long do you think it's going to be then until you've got a gooseneck on the back of the Ranger? <laughs> I had to be a while, I think. 
<laughs> It'll be a while. Need a few more GC wins. Yeah, I need a few more for sure. Yeah, it's not cheap when you start. I mean, you you probably know yourself what they're what they're pulling over there around the comps over in the states. Um, you know, I look at some of those vans over there and just think it's, it's crazy. I haven't seen anything like it. You know, you look at the best van you've ever seen over here, and then you go over there and see what they're what what they're turning up in, and it doesn't even come close. Oh yeah, it's um. I got to go behind the scenes of the Hammond Barbecue Challenge with the promoter over there. I got mm-hmm. to spend half a day just sort of wandering around <laughs> with him. And he took yep. me around and he introduced me to everybody. And it just, yep. the the size of the rigs that they have for their competitions it's just scary, blew me it? away. Um, scary. And he was, he was rattling off some of the stats and he said, we want to make this competition bigger. We literally already take up the entire main street of town. I have no more space because I got to try mm-hmm. and fit in these 50 teams and they've all got 70 foot between the trailer mm-hmm. and the truck, they've got 70 feet of mm-hmm. site space that they need. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there towing a 16 and a half footer. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And like, and you try to explain it to people and, you know, you take a, you take a few photos and you get back to Australia and you try to explain it to people and you, you show them these photos, but at the end of the day, it just doesn't even do it justice. You, you know, you're looking for these photos and you're just thinking to yourself, it's just, yeah, it's just not the same as when you're seeing them in person. No, no, and they're and they're so cheap compared to over here. I know, right? I was having a chat with a few people over there about it, and they couldn't believe the prices when I was telling them how much those kind of things cost over here, or something is, you know, some top of the class over here, and the prices, and then showing them photos of it. Like, yeah, they couldn't believe it. Oh, how yeah. expensive it was over here, or how cheap it was over there. Yeah, yeah. My my dad's a grey nomad, and he bought a. Uh, about a fourteen or fifteen foot A frame pop top camper, so it folds flat like a like a camper trailer. But instead of being yep. a soft top, it's got two two hard tops that fold up and lean in on each other to make an A frame. And yep. uh, he he paid about forty grand for that. And I was driving through Texas, mm-hmm. and we somehow managed to end up in like Caravan Alley or something. Just both sides <laughs> of the highway were just caravan yeah, shops right. for about three miles, and they had 24, 25, 26 foot twin and triple axle giant uh, caravans there for mm-hmm. like 20 grand was what the price tag mm-hmm. was on it. I know. And, and that was new. I was like, what? It almost makes you cry inside, doesn't it? I, I did. I did shed a tear. <laughs> and I've often thought about, you know, about those regulations, if you can actually buy them and get them shipped over. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure even by the time you pay the cost for it to get sent over, it's still got to be a lot cheaper than what we pay over here. For those top 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 of the range ones, and it'd have to be, and it'd have to be, it'd have to be. But you know, I've, a few people have told me that all the regulations and the way they built, you will never get it registered over here. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. Well, there's no, there's there's probably quite a lot in that because I um I fell in love with that TV show on Netflix, the Tiny Houses. And they and they show all these, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? (laughs) It's a grass show. I've seen it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and I um and I got all like excited about all these tiny houses, and so I started reading about them online. And they said what you see in that show is not possible in Australia. Starting with fact number one, those trailers are about four feet wider than what we can legally have on the roads here in Australia. And that's just and that's just based on our road sizes. That's not that's not just an arbitrary number. It's because that's that's the infrastructure that's been built. Right. That's what we've got. You've got to fit within that infrastructure. Oh, yeah. Well, they are pretty big. Over those small houses, I mean, I know they're small, but they're quite large. You know, like you said, they're they're so wide. Um, 
yeah, you would never get them over here on the roads. No, definitely not. And then you got to get a truck big enough to to pull them. Mm-hmm, that's right. That's and where your Chevy U comes into play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the um the Dodge Ram, which over here, everyone's like, oh, it's a nice big truck. Right? It's a toy over in America. It's and a it's, toy. And it's a hundred it grand over here. Exactly. I know. Uh, that's another thing I see over there and it makes me cry inside all those Chevy Utes and whatnot. And, you know, everyone has them, especially when you go to those places like Texas. Everyone has one and they're huge and then, you know, and they, and they cost next to nothing. And then mm. you come over here and you see the Dodge Ram, which is half the size and it's a hundred grand. And like, yeah, it's just not fair, Ben. It's just not fair. No, no. <laughs> but then we do have, uh, we do have free healthcare and education. There you go. It all, it all pans out in the end. Uh, yeah. Swings and roundabouts, <laughs> mate. Swings and roundabouts. It does. It does. <laughs> All right. So you, um, you, you mentioned earlier that you were working and trying to do catering and competition all at the same time, but you had a, uh, a bit of a job change recently, didn't you? I did. So yeah. Um, mid last year, I think it was, um, I got offered a job to work with Boss Hog and the Duchess of Pork over here in Melbourne. And, um, for those of you who don't know, it's an online barbecue store. So I've been there since um, since July or June and it's going really well, you know. I work with Mel um, and uh, we're, yeah, having a lot of fun down there and doing some doing some cool stuff and um, it's been been really exciting. So as an online barbecue store then, is it is it rubs and sauces or much more than that? Everything. Everything, rubs, sauces, barbecues, utensils, charcoal, you know, injections, pizza ovens, um, you name it, we've probably got it down there. That's everything cool. but gas barbecues. Everything but gas. Perfect. Everything everything but gas, yeah. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. So do you do you just ship out of a warehouse or do you have a shop that's open to the public? Um, we ship out of a warehouse. We we do have a showroom, but we're not normally open to the public, but um, you know, Sometimes people call us up and ask if they can come down. We're more than happy to open up the door for people to come down and have a chat and have a yarn and have a have a look around. And do they have um, different brands of different things that 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 aren't readily available in Australia? Yeah, so we, um, you know, not only do we buy the stuff that other people are bringing into the country, um, we do also go out of our way to um, to try and find the brands that aren't available in the country, but are doing really well over in the States. Um, that's where those those relationships that I have with people over there come in handy because I can sort of pick their brains because we're, we're so far behind them. You know, I can sort of get my hands on some of the stuff that's floating around the competition circuit now and doing really well now and trying to get them in, you know, first before anyone else does and hopefully keep ahead of the game. So, yeah, we have got some some products that are only available through us, um, but not only those products, but yeah, we have a wide range of other stuff as well. Very cool. Nice strategy there too. I like that. So what are some of the, um, what are some of the different rubs and sauces you've got that aren't, uh, that are sort of e- exclusive to uh, Boss Hog and Duchess of Pork? Tell you what, you've, you sprung me on that one. Let me have a think. Um, so some of the ones we've been getting in, the Smoke This Barbecue Sauce, um, the, t- the Texas Oil Dust, um, the Smoking Triggers, the trigger happy, the juniors rub grub, um, some of the big poppers injections, um, the La barbecue um, beef rub that's everyone's talking about at the moment. So we 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 got that in. 
Nice. Um, yeah, so they're the ones that I just think off the top of my head. Um, I'm sure there's a few more. Hopefully they don't listen to this podcast and hate me for it. But there's a, yeah, there's a, and, and, and there's a whole heap of other stuff coming in too, which is on the down low at the moment. Oh, all right then. All right. Yeah, I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll take a space. hit. Yeah. <laughs> watch this space. Now you mentioned um, Junior's Rub and Grub there before. Was that, um, is that Junior from Midlands, Texas? Junior Urias? It is. It ah. is Junior, yes. He's a top yes, guy. Yes. I, I met him at um, MBBQA in this year, uh, last year, 2019. Yeah, right. Yeah, me and Junior have been friends for a couple of years now, um, talking online a lot. Um, we actually haven't actually met, though. We have spoken on the phone a few times. We've video chatted a few times. Um, he's always invited me out there every time I've come out. I, I've gone over to the States, but Midland, I don't know if you've ever looked it up on the map. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. In Texas, yeah. and Texas, <laughs> Texas is a, is a is a pretty big country, a uh, pretty big state. So, unless you're driving past it, it's a it's 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 hard to go out of your way to go visit him. But it is on the cards, and um, I think I spoke to him a few weeks ago, and I think he might be even coming out to Norco. I think he said he had family out that way, and every year he tries to head head over there. So, hopefully, we can get down there um, in May. We can have a we can sit down and have a beer. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Dan, we were talking briefly before about uh, GMG grills, about pellet grills, pellet smokers. They're, um, they've been around for a while now in Australia, but there still seems to be this stigma about them. So I figure you're the guy that's going to be able to explain to us how they work, explain the strengths and the weaknesses, and basically give us a good lesson about how to best use them to your most advantage. Well, okay. Well, the pellet grill is um, obviously it's plugged in and it's got, it's, it's, you get your heat source from pellets of compressed wood compressed hardwood and there's a hopper on the side which pretty much you fill it up and, and it, you set your temperature to what temperature you want of that and it'll automatically feed through an auger into all your pellets into a fire pot um, where they'll light with an ignition rod and then there'll be like a fan that blows the heat around so it's fully automatic um, and it's all just as I said runoff compressed pellets so as long as you've got pellets in that hopper you can be cooking. Um, a lot of people think it's cheating, but I just think it's smarter. Um, I can set that thing and go to bed and know that it's going to be cooking overnight. I don't need to get up and throw logs on the fire every 45 minutes, every hour, which I've done for years. Um, so that's one of the you know, convenience with it. Um, a lot of people think that you don't get the same taste and barbecue out of it. You know, it's not, it's not, um, it's not the same flavors, but, you know, there's plenty of people winning trophies, not just in Australia, all around the world using pellet grills. You go to, as I said, some of those bigger competitions like the American Royal and walk around there and, you know, one third to half of them will have a pellet grill in their arsenal kit. Um, so, yeah, you can't tell me you can't get good flavour out of them. Um, yeah. Um, so there's I, a, I love them. So, so there's a, uh, at, at one end, there's a like a pot in the bottom with a heating element in it. Which is that's op- correct, obviously yeah. powered by electricity. There's yep. a so the yeah, the auger feeds it in, and there's like a little thermostat inside the um, inside the chamber, which sends the temperature back to the control unit. And if the temperature drops below 
your desired set temperature, the auger, the auger will automatically feed more pellets into the hopper, which will then ignite, which will then boost the temperature back up. So it'll just auto-feed itself. So as soon as it drops, more, more feeds through. And once it hits a set temperature, the auger will stop. So the the auger almost works a bit like a concrete mixer in that it sort of it, it spins and screws exactly. and, and pushes it out that way. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. A lot of people think it's cheating, but you know what? I've gone around and seen plenty of people with gurus attached to their um, drums and their bullet smokers, which is essentially the same thing. It's just the fan that when once the temperature drops below your set temperature, that fan will turn on, blow air onto the charcoal, and ignite it again. Well, those those people that want to sort of claim it's cheating, that's a it's a bit of a slippery slope there, because as you said, you've got all these blower attachments for different uh, bullets and, exactly. and and drums and whatnot. And then where do you draw the exactly. line? Do you then look at at um, you know traditional offsets that have got insulated fireboxes and go, oh, hang on, exactly. insulated's cheating? Exactly, exactly. If you if you really wanted to make it fair, we'd all just dig a hole and put some wood in there and cook over that. But, you know, it's funny, back in 2015, as I said, going back to my very, very first competition, I actually had a, um, a pellet grill at that competition and I was the only one that turned up with a pellet grill and I got laughed at and I got, <laughs> I got so much stick. I got so much stick and I was, I was that embarrassed. I actually went home that same weekend and sold it straight away. And I said to myself, I'm never using a pellet grill again. And, oh, really? Um, it's funny because I, I, I won't mention any names, but some of those people that were giving me stick back in 2015 now own pellet grills. I was about to say there's a lot of big teams now who are on pellet grills <laughs> who even even 12 names. months ago were uh, were uh, yeah. cursing, cursing pellet grills every time they saw them. Yeah, and I guarantee you that some of those people online who have been cursing them now, half of those will end up with a pellet grill at some stage. Oh, definitely, definitely. So do yours you know, work on, on Wi-Fi? Yeah, so I've got the um, the Prime models, so they're two fold, uh, 240 and 12 volt and Wi-Fi. So um, I can connect it to my phone. I can turn it on. I can It has dual meat probes, which can be into the meat anytime. I can check my phone, check the temperature of the meat. I can check the temperature of the grill. I can change the temperature of the grill. Um, as I said, it's 12 volt and 240, so I can plug it into AC. I can also plug it into my car if I wanted to. Um, it's got alligator clips. I can plug it onto it. I can hook it up to a, just a little battery. I can pretty much use it anywhere. Oh, that's cool. It's very handy, yeah. I can I can get on the beach and plug it into my car and cook on the beach if I wanted to. <laughs> you know those little... It's very um, handy. You know those little uh, rechargeable emergency battery pack things? Could you run it off one of them? Yep. Yes, I have seen them run. I haven't. I don't have that sort of rig set up, but I have seen another team which has one of those, um, and it seems to work pretty good. So, some I'll, I'll I'll have to look into. It'd be handy to have in the van in case I'm ever cooking at a comp, you know, and touch wood the power goes out, and um, I need to find power quickly. I know I can just sort of pull it out and hook it up, and off I go. Yeah, well, I. I will say that the only thing that I sort of uh, that sort of irks me about the the pellet grills is that when I go to competitions, everybody's got one, and I don't care about that. But everyone's also got a noisy generator to run it. So <laughs> that's why I'm asking yeah. about the battery packs because if everyone can switch from generators to a rechargeable battery pack, it'll be a yeah. lot quieter at night time. Everyone will get a lot more sleep. 
be lovely. Everyone, mate. Yeah, no, they, it can be definitely. Well, you know what? Everyone needs a GMG for starters because they can run them off batteries. I don't know whether the other ones can or not. That's interesting. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, let's let's um, sort of get right into it. What are some tips and tricks that that we need to know if, if we're going to be looking at using pellet grills? Share some of your your wisdom with us. Oh, look, there's no real tips or tricks, really. As long as you're keeping pellets in that hopper, it'll just keep going all day and night. Um, I I don't think you need to change your, your cooking styles at all. Um, you know, you would you can adjust it pretty easily. Um, yeah, I, I just treat it the same as what I would my offset, really. Um, just, um, yeah, I, to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's no real tricks to it, I guess. Okay, dokes. Do you find that there's different um, hot and cooler zones inside? Um, again, in the GMG, I, I mean, I, I can't speak for other, other pellet grills, but not in the not in the GMGs now. I find it it's pretty even from left to right and up and down. I haven't, I definitely haven't noticed any difference, um, which is a bit unusual because every other barbecue I've ever used in the past, and I've always said anyone who says their barbecue cooks evenly from left to right is full of because I um yeah I definitely think every barbecue has hot spots and cold spots. Yeah, but I can say it with my hand on my heart. I can say it with my hand on my heart with the GMGs. I you can't really notice it if there is any. I mean, I yeah, I haven't seen any. That's really interesting. Really surprising. It is. Yeah. 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 No, it is. And so, when it comes to things like, um, uh, we've talked about moving them. It's uh, they're quite easy to move. They're reasonably light. Um, are you because they're they're not four mil steel? So the construction is going to be a little bit lighter. Do you have to be a bit more yep. careful roping them down into the truck or are they like sturdy enough to take no, the load? They're, they're, they're pretty sturdy to be honest with you. I've never had one, you know, and I, I, as I put two on the back of my U and I'll put five or six straps over them pretty tight so to make sure they're not going anywhere. And I've never had it bend or warp or anything like that. Surprisingly, it is really strong. Um, just long, yeah. Yeah, and the, you know the the especially with the new prime models, you know they've got the thicker legs and the heavy duty wheels, and the it has the shelf down at the base for extra support. Um, they're you know they're pretty sturdy. Interesting, very nice. And so when yeah. it comes to sort of uh, maintenance and care, what what do you need to do there? Um, again, just like any other barbecue, really, you know you. Try not to clean it too much. You try not to go too crazy because all that flavour on the inside is, you know, is obviously good stuff. But you know, the outside, I'll just give it a bit of a spray and wipe every now and then. Um, I like to keep a cover. I don't want them at home, so I like to get them pretty protected. But maybe you know, as I like to boil the drip tray in it. Um, I, I'm a firm believer of any barbecue that has any sort of drip tray in it, put foil over it because it makes cleaning up a lot easier. Um, because you will get all that crap that, that drips on it will end up burning and you'll smell it. Um, so when you got foil in there, it's just a matter of ripping the foil off and putting the new sheet down um, rather than pulling the whole thing out and trying to scrub it and clean it in, in, inside. But um, if I change that foil every sort of two or three cooks, um, usually if I'm travelling to a comp, 
um, and I'm putting it in the back of my car and I'm driving with it and then pulling it out of my car, I'll usually pull it all apart to make sure nothing's moved inside, everything's where it needs to be um, so I don't get any surprises during the cook. Um, but apart from that, yeah, just the, just the odd vacuum, vacuum out if there's any dust in there or anything like that. A vacuum? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously there's um, ash inside the, the fire pot, so when you shut it down, it turns into a fan mode and cleans it, it blows out that fire pot. Um, so sometimes you get a little bit of ash underneath your your um, drip tray, um, which is no harm. You know, you, it doesn't affect the way it cooks at all, but every now and then I like to just open it all up and pull it out and give it a bit of a vacuum out. My uh, poor my poor vacuum <laughs> coughs a bit of a hiding. I was going to say, my wife would murder me if I started vacuuming up <laughs> yeah. ash out of my smoker without vacuum cleaner. That's probably probably one of the reasons why I don't have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Too much ash. Too much ash. Yeah. All right, so my next question is a bit kind of bit tricky for you. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask a question about, about efficiency. So I was talking to a, a fella a little while ago who was saying that um, that – if you're looking at, say, an average brisket cook, that a pellet grill is going to end up costing more than a regular stick burner because pellets are more expensive. Have you done a? Have you done like a like a comparison breakdown like that? No, I haven't. But I guess it depends on how much you're paying for your wood. Well, that's true too. If you're buying a ton of wood, it's going to be a lot cheaper than buying a twenty kilo bag. Um, so I guess it all comes down to that, really. But um. You know, I I think one one full hopper, you would get a um, you know, you definitely get enough time to cook a brisket in. So you know, looking about eight to ten hours somewhere around there, um, and that's probably about half a bag, half a bag of pellets, maybe like a quarter to a half. Um, so yeah, without sitting down and actually really thinking about it, I I can't see it to be how to be more expensive. And how much is a bag of pellets? Um, that's a good question. I would, <laughs> I would have to look that up. Oh, all right. Um, I <laughs> think I think about don't quote me on it, but I think about thirty to forty bucks. Oh, okay, so we're looking at about twenty bucks to for for fuel to cook a brisket. Yeah, and if you're thinking how much of wood you're putting in for ten hours worth of cooking, and also I guess it depends on what barbecue you you cooking in. Are we talking like a twenty inch? Radar Hill or Manhorn, which doesn't take much to run. Are we talking something like Smoking Hot and Saucy or Black Bear that's throwing probably half a ton of the time, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point too. I guess we've got to sort of compare the, you know, the the sizes of the cooking chambers as well because, as you say, sm- of the pit. Smoking Hot and Saucy, you're going to have to run a big fire just to cook one brisket. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And also, as I said, it also depends if you're buying half a ton of wood at a time or if you're buying a, buying in 20 kilo bags. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So what would you want to say to people that are sitting on the fence about pellet grills right now? Give it a go. You'll, you will be surprised. You get some really good results out of it, really good results, and um, it's a hell of a lot easier. You know, you don't have to deal with charcoal in your in your offset, in your and your um, and you don't have to deal with splitting logs, staying up all night every forty five minutes, setting your alarm. You know, you can just sort of set it and forget it and walk away. And um, yeah, just give it a go. You'll 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 be very surprised. 
mate, I'm sold. Hook me up. Mate, we can we can talk after the show. All right, sounds good to me. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, that um, that sort of brings us out to almost an hour now. So I'm I'm going to turn the studio over to you. Um, feel free yep. to give some shout outs to whoever you want to give shout outs to, and tell everybody where they can track you down. Well, as I said, uh, if you're looking to purchase uh, any barbecues, rubs, sauces, anything like that, um, hit us up on Boss Hog and the Dusters of Pork. Um, we'll have everything you need down there. Uh, 2020 is going to be a big one. Um, if you if you're out and about on the com scene, come and have a beer with me. I'd love to have a beer. But um, apart from that, just shout out to all my sponsors. So Boss Hog and Dusters of Pork obviously been my main one. Uh, Heat Beast, Barbecue Brickets, Green Mountain Grills, Mayora Station, Sun Pork, um, the, the boys down at Keylaw, uh, KCB, and uh, Sterling over in Arizona from Luton Booty Barbecue. Thank you for all your support, and uh, let's hope 2020 is a good one. Mate, I have no doubt it will be. Do heat beads make pellets? They currently don't, but I heard a whisper they might be releasing some very soon. I was going to say there's an opportunity there, mate. You've got your you, you've got your collaborative sources, your collaborative beers. It's time for some collaborative pellets with heat beads. Everything's everything's coming together, mate. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, mate, once again, thanks for being on the show, and uh, best of luck with 2020. Thanks for having me, mate, and we look forward to having a beer with you soon. And there you have it, family. That is it for today's show. So massive shout-outs to Dan from Big Smoke Barbecue for coming on board and sharing all that knowledge with us. And I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to have to start working on the wife for a pellet grill because that sounds pretty damn good. I do like my sleep and I do like my technology stuff. So uh, combining those things with barbecue sounds like a win to me. So uh, as a long-time barbecue competitor, it's going to be exciting to see um, – what Dan is, how Dan is going to evolve um, as the scene continues to evolve. We've heard about how he's moved from um, from a manhorn now into in, into pellet grills, and it sounds like 2020 is going to be a huge year for him as well. So, Smoking Hot Confessions just wants to wish him all the best of luck with that. We are behind you, mate. And so that's it for today's show. So look, do me a favor, tell a friend about the show and make sure you invite them to the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community on Facebook. Everyone's welcome. It's a good time and we would love to see you there. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips and Ben's own confessions.